Hello, hello, hello! You are listening to Retro Devils, the Manchester United history podcast with me, John. I've been a United fan since the early mid-90s and I am delighted to be diving into my bread and butter, my United roots, I suppose, with this one. It's our first proper Retro Devils Team of the 90s episode where you pick your favourite United players from one of the most successful decades in the history of Manchester United Football Club. For this episode, you have picked the goalkeeper. And while the final result probably isn't too much of a shock, some of the top five might surprise you a little bit. Voting, of course, took place in our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to get involved in future Team of the 90s episodes. And I was really genuinely delighted by the response, so thank you to everyone who voted and took part in putting this episode together. All nine options for this goalkeeping position received at least one vote, which, again, was kind of surprising, with Kevin Pilkington, Tony Cotton, who didn't even make a single first-team appearance for the club, somehow getting votes, Raymond van der Howe and Massimo Taibi missing out on our top five. So who are the top five United goalies of the 90s? Let's find out. Oh, by the way, I hope that you are enjoying this new music. It's definitely fitting for Team of the 90s, I think. I've been desperately looking for some kind of 90s-themed football music for this podcast, specifically for these Team of the 90s episodes. Uh, I'm so delighted to have stumbled across this. So, yeah, I'm just going to let it play out probably for the rest of the song. I will be perfectly honest with you. So here we go. Kicking off our top five United goalies of the 90s in at number five is the one and only Jim Layton. Jim joined United in 1988 for £750,000 after 10 incredibly successful years at Aberdeen. He was a key member of Alec Ferguson's all-conquering Dons, winning two league titles, four Scottish Cups, one League Cup, one Dryborough Cup, and of course, as well, the crowning glory, the European Cup Winners' Cup and the European Super Cup in 1983. He was also an established international goalie as well, winning the Rouse Cup with Scotland in 1985. For those who don't know what the Rouse Cup is, it's kind of an equivalent, or was an equivalent, of the Calcutta Cup that's competed for between England and Scotland in the rugby every year. The Rouse Cup was a football equivalent of that, I suppose, uh, which Scotland won in 1985. No longer exists. But still, it's international success for Scotland, we are going to claim it. Sadly, though, Jim Layton's time at United was significantly less successful. In his first season, United finished 11th in the league. He did keep 14 clean sheets, conceded 35 goals over the course of the season, but only let in more than two goals in a single game once, so not bad. In 89-90, his second season, United finished two places lower in 13th. Leighton was in goals for a horrendous 5-1 loss to a newly promoted Manchester City at Main Road in September, and he also famously conceded three to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup final in 1990. Luckily for us, the game finished in a 3-all draw after extra time, thanks to Brian Robson and Mark Hughes scoring the goals to get us out of trouble. 
the replay for that final course took place five days later, for which Leighton was unceremoniously dropped for Loney Les Seeley, more on him later, spoiler alert, who went on to make several key saves as United won that replay 1-0. When offered by Seeley, Leighton refused to accept his winner's medal and also turned down another medal when the FA issued a second one. Both players remained firm friends after this, although Leighton's relationship with Ferguson was broken beyond repair by this incident and at this point. Although Leighton was still contracted for two more years at United, he only played for the club once more in a 3-1 victory over Halifax Town in the League Cup. Loans to Arsenal and Reading followed as Leighton found himself fourth choice and the arrival of Peter Schmeichel, again more on him later, really heralded the end of his time at the club. In March 92, he returned to Scotland with Dundee before rebuilding his career at Hibs. He was recalled to the national team before spending his final playing years at his spiritual home back in Aberdeen. He cemented his legacy there, reaching 500 appearances for the club in 1998 before retiring in 2000 after regaining the Scotland number 1 shirt and playing all three games at the World Cup in 1998 during which he also became the last player born in the 1950s to play in a World Cup match. He's a Hall of Famer for both Aberdeen and Scotland, where he had his greatest successes. Fantastic goalie, just not at United, and hence why he's in fifth place here on this list. Now, we have an unusual situation where polling was absolutely dead even, so we don't have a fourth place. Instead, we have third equal. So the first of our third equal goalies is Gary Walsh. Gary was born in Wigan and he was originally on the books of his hometown club before being scouted and offered youth terms at United. He signed a professional contract in 1986, played 14 games in that 86-87 season as Alec Ferguson took over from Big Ron Atkinson. For a short time in 87-88 season, Gary Walsh found himself his first choice at United, aged just 19, as Gary Bailey retired and Chris Turner was dropped. Unfortunately, Walsh then suffered a series of injuries, beginning with head trauma suffered during a friendly in Bermuda, which kept him out for over two years. Well, he did find himself back on the bench for the Cup Winners' Cup final in 1991, but again, Schmeichel's arrival reduced his first-team opportunities. He was transfer listed in the 93-94 season, but played the final three league games as the league title was wrapped up early. And his form was so good in those games that he was actually kept on and Les Seeley was released instead. Walsh was also an unused substitute in the FA Cup final 4-0 win over Chelsea to wrap up the double in 1994. The following season, Walsh played 10 consecutive league games as Schmeichel was injured and would have earned his one and only league title medal had United not been dramatically pipped at the post by Blackburn that season on the final day. Again, a lack of first-team opportunities for Walsh led to frustration and he was transferred to Brian Robson's Middlesbrough in 1995. He kind of resurrected his career there and then moved on to Bradford in 1997 before a romantic return to Wigan in 2003 where he retired in 2006. Our second third equal goalkeeper is Mark Bosnich. Bosnich was born in Liverpool, New South Wales, Australia, 
and joined United age 17 in 1989 on non-contract terms and made three first-team appearances before his visa expired in July 1991. Attempts to secure a work visa for Bosnich failed, so he returned to Australia before signing for Aston Villa in 1992. During his time in Birmingham, he established himself as one of the top keepers in the league, although not without controversy, as he was fined and censured by the FA in 1996 for a Nazi salute directed towards Tottenham fans. He returned to United on a free transfer in 1999 to replace Peter Schmeichel and started 23 league games in the 1999-2000 season on the way to winning the league title. Bosnich only had one season as United's regular keeper before the arrival of Fabian Barthez in the summer of 2000 and he didn't play for the first team again after the arrival of the Frenchman. He joined Chelsea on a free transfer in January 2001 but injuries restricted his playtime before he failed a drug test and was subject to a nine-month ban after a positive test for cocaine. From there he spiralled into addiction and was out of the game for six years, although he returned to training at QPR before joining the Central Coast Mariners in his native Australia and then went on to finish his career in his hometown with Sydney Olympic. He only made 38 total appearances for United across those two spells, but he did win the league and also the Intercontinental Cup during that time. To be honest, he wouldn't have been my choice for the third best of United's goalies in the 90s, but this isn't my poll, this is what you guys voted for, so it's not up to me, it doesn't matter. Third equal, Gary Walsh and Mark Bosnich. This brings us onwards to our second place, the substitute goalie in the team of the 90s squad, as it were. And there was a significant jump in vote numbers up to second place here, which I guess many would have predicted going exactly where it has done, into the capable hands of the late, great Les Seeley. Leslie Jesse Seeley was born in Bethnal Green, London, and began his pro career with Coventry in 1976 before joining Luton Town in 1983 and accumulated almost 400 career appearances prior to joining United on loan in December 1989. He only played two league games for United before being named to start in the 1990 FA Cup final replay following Leighton's poor showing in the original 3-3 draw. Seeley made several important saves as Mark Robbins' goal gave United a 1-0 win in that replay and after the match, as I've said earlier, Seeley offered his winner's medal to Jim Layton who had played through the entire cup run to that point but the offer was refused and even when the FA issued medals to both men Layton still turned his down and made sure that Seeley kept his winner's medal that he had earned through that replay performance. Both players remained really, really good friends from that point forwards as well. This performance in the FA Cup final replay helped Seeley to earn a permanent contract at United and he became the regular keeper for the 1990-91 season, playing while injured in the League Cup final, uh, which unfortunately United lost to Sheffield Wednesday, and of course the high point in the European Cup Winners' Cup final victory over Barcelona in Rotterdam. Seeley gained cult hero status with United fans due to his performances and also due to his personality and he always received standing ovations whenever he returned to Old Trafford after leaving United. 
He left for Aston Villa after only being offered a one-year contract rather than the two-year extension that he'd hoped for. Although he did return to United in 93-94 after a loan at Birmingham City. He made just two first-team appearances in his second spell at United as understudy to Peter Schmeichel. Once as a sub when Schmeichel was sent off in the FA Cup quarter-final and the other was in a League Cup final defeat ironically, to Seeley's former club Aston Villa, while Schmeichel was suspended. This means that Les Seeley's last four games for United were the Cup Winners' Cup final, two League Cup finals, and an FA Cup quarter-final. That's not a bad run, is it? Seeley was released at the end of the 93-94 season, joining Blackpool, but left soon afterwards to join the club he supported as a boy, West Ham United. And he made his debut for West Ham in 1995 as an outfield substitute during an injury crisis. He then went on to join Leighton Orient before returning to West Ham, and even though he was on the books as their goalkeeping coach, he was still registered as a player beyond his 42nd birthday in September 99, up until the end of that season. Seeley was still employed as West Ham's goalkeeping coach when he tragically died of a heart attack on the 19th of August 2001, aged just 43 years old. Les Seeley is remembered not only for his cup final heroics at Wembley and in Rotterdam, but equally fondly for his larger-than-life personality and his cheeky cockney disposition. He's far more than just a journeyman goalkeeper, though. Les Seeley is well worth his spot on the bench in the Retro Devils United team of the 90s. So here we are, the number one of United's number ones. I'm sure pretty much everybody saw this coming, and it is absolutely no surprise that the goalkeeper in the Retro Devils team of the 90s is none other than the Great Dane, Peter Schmeichel. Born in Gladsax, Denmark in November 1963, Schmeichel came through the ranks at local sides Hoya and Hero, for whom he made his professional debut in 1981, before joining first Fedora and then Bronby, becoming one of Europe's best keepers, before joining United for slightly over half a million pounds in August 1991. His price was later described by Sir Alec Ferguson as the bargain of the century. And nobody could argue with that, I don't think. United were league runners-up in Schmeichel's first season, also winning the League Cup, and Schmeichel was voted the world's best goalkeeper in 1992. following season, he kept 22 clean sheets as United won the league for the first time in 26 years, and again was voted the best goalkeeper on the planet. Schmeichel had a fiery temper though, and this came to the fore following a 3-3 draw at Liverpool after leading 3-0. He had a huge argument with Alec Ferguson, leading to Fergie considering selling Schmeichel. However, the goalkeeper later apologised to his teammates, and this was overheard by the boss who decided to keep him at the club. Fortunately, it worked out well. United won a league and cup double that season, 93-94. Uh, although they were denied the domestic treble, losing that League Cup final to Aston Villa with Schmeichel suspended. The following season, he scored in Europe against Rotor Volgograd, and Schmeichel was actually quite prolific for a goalkeeper, with 11 career goals, including one for the Danish national team. 
More league titles and another FA Cup followed in the subsequent seasons and Schmeichel's United career ended on the highest possible note, winning the treble in the 98-99 season, with the goalkeeper playing a huge role in that. A pivotal penalty save against Dennis Bergkamp and Arsenal in the final minutes of the FA Cup semi-final replay sent the match into extra time, which of course was then won by a Ryan Giggs wonder goal. That match will probably get an episode to itself at some point in the future. With Roy Keane suspended, Schmeichel captained the team in the Champions League final that year as well. And with Bayern Munich leading going into stoppage time, Schmeichel went forward for a corner, causing havoc in the Bayern box, uh, leading to Teddy Sheringham equalising. He stayed back for the second one, and the image of Schmeichel's cartwheel celebration for Oli Solskjaer's winning goal is an absolutely iconic picture. His final moments in a United shirt were to lift that Champions League trophy along with Alec Ferguson. One of the biggest testaments to how good Schmeichel was is how long it took for United to replace him. Eventually, this was done at the sixth attempt with Mark Bosnich, Massimo Taibi, Fabian Bartes, Tim Howard and Roy Carroll all failing to make the grade before the arrival, eventually, of Edwin van der Sar in June 2005. Schmeichel left United for Sporting Lisbon, seeking a slower pace of football at the age of 36, and he went on to win the Portuguese league in his first season there, ending an 18-year drought for Sporting in the process. He left there in 2001, returning to England with Aston Villa, where he scored the first Premier League goal for any goalkeeper. In 2002, he moved to Manchester City in a shock transfer that is... I think it's fair to say, damaged his reputation with United fans, especially when he repeated the cartwheel celebration following the Derby win for City at Main Road in 2002-03. Post-retirement, it was revealed that Schmeichel nearly rejoined United in 2000, but Ferguson opted for Bartes instead with an eye on the future. I suspect that transfer or that return would have saved a lot of anguish for United fans and uh, and for the team over the years. I would think that is pretty much a given. Just to touch briefly on his international career as well, he made his debut for Denmark in 1987 and was established as the number one keeper during Euro 88. He was also the number one keeper for Euro 92, which Denmark famously only qualified for by default after the Yugoslav war and subsequent disqualification of the Yugoslavian team. Schmeichel made plenty of important saves, uh, made a big impact during the tournament, particularly in a nil-nil draw with England in their opener. Uh, big saves from Cantona and Papin in quarter-final win against France. Penalty save from Marco van Basten in the semi-final shootout. And a clean sheet, and also a really incredible one-handed cross-claim in the 2-0 final victory over Germany, which made Denmark European champions. He also played in the 98 World Cup and finally in the Euros in 2000, scoring a penalty for Denmark in the warm-up match against Belgium, his only international goal. He is still currently Denmark's most capped player with 129 international caps, although current United midfielder Christian Eriksen 
may be about to overtake that, having just won his 125th cap at the time of recording. There we have it. Schmeichel, the best goalkeeper at United in the 90s, the best goalkeeper in the world for most of that decade. It's an absolute no-brainer in this team for me and you, as it turned out, in that poll. And so there we have it, our first spot in the team of the 90s filled, goalkeeper Peter Schmeichel. Thank you to absolutely everyone who voted in this poll, who took part in it, who shared the poll. The next position we'll be covering for the team of the 90s is right back. And that poll is live now and it's pinned in our Facebook group. The link to that is in the show notes. Links for all of our other socials are there too. We're on Twitter, X, whatever it's called nowadays, at RetroDevilsPod. We're also on Instagram and Threads. For those in the UK, at Retro Devils. We're also on YouTube if we prefer video or visual podcasts. That's at Retro Devils Pod. Say all of those links in the show notes. And for everything else, there's our website, RetroDevils.com. Links down below. I really hope you have been enjoying this new 90s music that we've got going on as well. Uh, If you happen to recognise it or know where it's from, feel free to get in touch and let me know. I would love to celebrate it and to pay tribute to the source of this music because it's just fantastic. really fits the 90s kind of retro vibes that we're trying to go for with this series. If you happen to be enjoying the show, the podcast, as well as just the music, please leave a five-star rating or a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does help to get more eyes and ears onto the show. And I'm not going to lie, it makes me feel really good as well when I read nice things that the people say about us and about the show. So if you could do that, I'd be delighted. Cheers for now. I've been John. This has been Retro Devils. I will talk to you soon for a special episode number seven. All the best. <laughs>